Welcome to the Remembering Ethan podcast. I'm Chris Tafoya. This week, we'll continue with the second half of my conversation with Kathleen Newman. Last week, she shared some great stories about Ethan, including some of his travels and the first groups that he performed with in his music career. This week, Kathleen continues to give us some insight into her son's life and answers some questions that I have for her. So here's the rest of our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. And how old, about how old was he when you guys started doing that? Well, the, these were young adult years. Wow. Yeah, where him taking any song. But, you know, he did start out as a child. He would, on his little boombox, if he was listening to Buddy Holly or Chuck Berry or the Beatles or Paul McCartney or Led Zeppelin, you know, or Tom Petty, he would listen. He has, he, he has told jokes at the Tom Petty tribute shows of him taking a pencil and rewinding the cassette to play over and over for him to learn a song. And so he would do that and then say, okay, do you want to hear this now? And I would say, of course. So yeah, he did that as a child and a teenager living here in my house and then as a young adult and an adult man living in his own house when I would visit then I would request (laughs) while we're sitting around uh yeah would you please do this this and this and then with all the gigs whether it was whatever band but let's say Easton Asher Ryan Sims band at at uh at Prime Bar or Copper Blues or whatever. That thing of when Ethan would play Lay Down Sally and people go, oh yeah, he's gonna do the mashup in the middle or a duo gig or a solo gig where he was playing something else and would do the mashup in the middle. So I would say, you know, he he could include four songs, but I would say, if I came to the gig, I would say, Ethan, will you please do the really long one? I want to hear the whole thing. Uh-huh. Well, so he's including Hall of the Mountain King and Star Wars, the Luke Skywalker music and the Darth Vader music. And then, yes, he's going to Electric Avenue and SpongeBob and I'm All Right by Kenny Loggins and, um, and George Michael and Madonna. And I wanted... I didn't I didn't care about lay down Sally. I wanted everything in the middle. And so um a lot of times, you know, if I brought my friends or something and they put money in the tip jar, but I would go, Ethan, please do the long mash. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it in the middle of You Can Call Me Out also. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they did it, you know, see, I'm just thinking about every band. Capital Down, Tate, Who's Your Daddy? What I, what I love about that story is that's the, you know, that's the origin story of where he first crafted that and started doing it, was sitting around playing that, that kind of stuff for you. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, he 
he and Stefan would say educated, uh, because they're so brilliant, they could just screw up every word. I didn't care, but you know, Ethan would tell me, he goes, Mom, there's five songs in the world because he was trying to explain to me where all the notes are on the bass guitar and on the acoustic guitar. Wow. And he goes, you love music, you love math, you should really let me teach you these instruments. But he goes, basically, there's this many songs. And if you listen, you know, uh, it's that thing of musicians share and are inspired. It's not about plagiarism. Right. And you know, George Harrison and Ed Sheeran and lots of people have tried to explain that. Like, if you hear another song in part of my song, it's because we're sharing and inspiring. It's <laughs> which is different than completely ripping somebody off. Um, yeah, so I, I loved all those discussions. And then the other great thing for me would be if we were, if we got um, three days, let's say I could, Ethan could find a time in his gig schedule where uh, if we left on a Sunday, he could take a Sunday off and a Tuesday and we could have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday at the beach and swim in the ocean north of San Diego at Solana Beach, at Torrey Pines Beach, especially. So that was a regular thing. And the great thing is, is, you know, you think, oh, man, a six hour drive. But with us, we liked a lot of the same things. So the fun, as you can imagine, of six hours where Ethan has picked out some CDs that I haven't heard yet. And I've made peanut butter sandwiches. and the drive is fun because we're going to take turns playing music or he's going to tell me about a new band and it's just a whole lot of fun the driving over and then you know we both just wanted to be at the beach all day and swim in the ocean all day and then excuse me go to uh and get fish tacos at night or go to a movie and just do the beach in the ocean and um and play and he always over the years every kind of boom box but he would play his favorite bands or new music or my favorite bands and so we would just you know it was just beach all day and and swimming in the ocean, listening to the music, and um, and even the drive was good. So I I got to do that a lot with him, and that you know yes we would go to the river and to the creek, and of course to Rocky Point and to Mingus Mountain and to a lot of things. But that thing of having time in the car, time on the beach, um, just uh, just our, our favorite things to do, you know. So I felt really, really lucky because you know you have you do <laughs> whoever we are, we have to find in our families 
the person that you want to be in the car with and who wants kind of the same kind of food you do and the same kind of music it makes the drive so much Mm. better um so i got to have that with him and that was pretty great well it sounds like i mean obviously you guys were really good friends you know yeah yes and then of course he's he had that with Stefan. so the times where uh there were times where Stefan, Ethan and I were in the car driving to the beach <laughs> and you know you just don't you don't even want the drive to end because it's <laughs> sure. so entertaining <laughs> Stefan reminded me one time when we went to grandma Newman's condo for the week um it was I had the um the cassette of uh fast car mm-hmm. okay by tracy chapman yes so i had the tracy chapman cassette and we loved this song fast car and it's a great album so yes, oh my gosh we listened to that over and over again and then there were times where it would be a sting album that mm-hmm. we just couldn't stop playing you know mm-hmm. um or we still call them mixtapes. Ethan had his own mixtapes, but they would be a CD. And then so did I from friends or from my brother, Carrie used to put them together. So they, it was just such a great variety. It was Beatles and Broadway show tunes. And Ethan always had some obscure, well, a recording of Johnny Cash or Elvis or whoever that I just go, where did you get these? Where did you find me? You know? And so it was fun because we've listened to a whole album where we knew the sequence and see, we could sing along and talk about it. But then with the uh, other uh, CDs, with the variety, it was just like, oh boy, what's next? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I have to say, yes, those those drives were very, very fun. And then uh, the other thing, Ethan would throw in a box of just the trivia question cards. So for home, you know, taking turns choosing music and being the driver, but then just, just reading the trivia cards. And of course there are areas that I knew that he did not know and there of course there's areas he knew that i did not know so um those road trips were always fun sounds like it yeah another great thing uh which is in my you know top three favorite days of my life um was uh Ethan had gone skydiving with Stefan and Bart, I think in the ASU days. Um, And, you know, there's skydiving schools between Mesa and Tucson in Arizona out there. Uh, There's several and, you know, people go a lot. And so he had already done that. So then we fast forward to uh 
let me see. We had seen Victor. Okay, so it's 2003. <laughs> it was President's Day weekend. Um, and uh, it was the year of my 50th birthday. And so we saw Victor Wooten one night. And then he and uh, Ethan and Todd had it set up to go out with their friends to that area in Arizona. Um, and they were gonna go skydiving again. And uh, before that weekend happened, Ethan left me a phone message on my landline at home that said, hola cincuenta, <laughs> you know, and he's, uh, he's inviting me to go skydiving the day after seeing Victor Wooten. And Whoa. we were all gonna go to see Victor Wooten that night. And so yeah. then he's gotta talk me into, hey, Todd and I are going, we know the guys, you would love it. I've had a lot of gigs lately. You don't even have to, I'm already, I'm gonna pay for it. Would you do it? And uh, um, I had to not think about it. I had to not think about it and just go, okay, today we're going to the Victor Wooten show. Tomorrow, I'm, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to, this is a long weekend. I'm going to ride out in the car with him. I couldn't think about the airplane or about me jumping out of an airplane. I couldn't handle that. Sure. But I think, but I go, okay, Todd and Ethan have done this before. It's They're still alive. <laughs> it's tandem. It's Marines who have done it a million times. Ethan's paying for it. I'm going with them. So that day of skydiving, which became one of my favorite days of my whole life, uh, my mom even said, oh my gosh, you're so brave. Aren't you afraid? And I said, no, no, it's not about being brave at all because I'm not thinking about it. I'm just going because uh, Ethan told me it would be okay and he was gonna pay for it and he they've done it before and it was tandem and they were Marines who had done 5,000 jumps and I felt safe, but I could not think about jumping out of an airplane at 13,000 feet ahead of time or I wouldn't have gone. And the, the Marine who, who was in tandem with me he told me where to put my hands on the straps knowing they know how to do it so nobody grabs the door when it's time to go out the door at thirteen thousand feet which i was worried about that i go what if i just stand there and he said oh no that's not going to happen you just listen to me well they're they just do it and they just but i you know, so when I was in the plane with the Marine and our other friends are there and Ethan and Todd are there and they're laughing and they're gonna let me go first. And I can see the watch on the Marine's wrist and it's altitude. So I can see it going nine, 10 to 13,000 feet. And I just knew there's no change in your mind. There's no going back. So, um, so of course, out, uh, you just, it's your turn. You go up to the door. He, 
he goes, here we go. And he, he pushes you out and he's the director. He's the one who's going to pull the parachute and all that. And it was, it is like flying over the land <laughs> and it's exhilarating. It's one of the greatest highs I've ever had in my whole life. I was so happy we were doing, it's just exhilarating. And, uh, uh, when we all landed later, Ethan said, he, he goes, I could hear my mom laughing. I was still in the plane and I could hear my mom laughing the whole way. It was so wonderful. So um, it's an Ethan story because, you know, he had always said, oh, you're going to come with us sometime. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it really helped not to think about it. Cause if you think about it, it's too scary. People, yeah, people break their ankles, they die. But you, you know, I just, I had to take it just one step at a time. And, uh, and it was really fun. Uh, when I went to school two days later because it was a three day weekend. Um, and I was still exhilarated and high. And, you know, within 10 minutes, the whole school, kindergarten through fifth grade at the time, they all knew. <laughs> um, and I did. I just said, I jumped out of an airplane. <laughs> so, uh, oh, gosh, that was so fun. So, of course, we were going to do that again. And um, I suppose I will. But it was just one of the funnest things to do with Ethan and... Uh, it really helped that he and Todd knew the guys. So, you know, that was wonderful. Um, That's quite a story. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So then the topic of what were my three favorite days, of course, number one is giving birth to Ethan, mm. you know. Um, and then skydiving is number two or number three. And then... Um, the first year of Beatles love in Las Vegas, which was 2006. And we knew we would all go. We had heard about it and we knew we would all go. And uh, I went with my friends and I told everybody at school, I said, well, you know, Paul and Ringo go to the show. <laughs> George's wife, Olivia, goes to the show. I I could be sitting near a beetle when I go to the show with my friends and everybody goes, yeah, whatever. Right. Oh, dream on. Well, so it's the first year of the show and, you know, we were so happy and we were so excited. And of course it turned out to be fantastic. And uh, my dear friend had gotten front row tickets and the excitement was building everybody was seated and uh without making this a really long story before I went in I started breathing hard just getting so excited so excited and I looked over at my friend and I said we've got to go in the show's gonna start and he said look over there it's George Martin and I said don't mess with me don't mess with me I mean I was just like so hyper anyway and so right before the show starts I look oh yes it's beautiful George Martin standing there with his wife he was bringing her 
to see Beatles Love for the first time. He had just finished with his son working on some of the music. And, you know, I'm just like out of my mind because he's he's beautiful George Martin like we've seen our whole lives and, and of course I I rush over I'm not shy about that plus I was just hyper out of my mind and um I asked first before I grabbed his hand you know he's a tall beautiful gentleman and I said may I shake your hand and he's used to that his whole life around the world sure. you know he he was used to that and he said of course he put it out and I took his hand and looked up at him and just said thank you thank you thank you thank you for all the music thank you for all the music I, I you know and I can't tell him uh, what the Beatles mean to us I just kept saying thank you thank you thank you and uh he said I you're welcome I hope you enjoy the show which of course we did and I was out of my mind excited the show was fantastic the music was fantastic you have Beatles music you know around your head in every direction and uh and so then after the show um I called Ethan and he was in the studio in Phoenix and I I'm just like this just cry, you know crying and laughing Ethan it was it was George Martin. He was standing there. I shook his hand, and you know, and then and Ethan started crying. And there were people in the studio. I can't remember who it was who loved the Beatles. And he's crying, going, "My mom just met George Martin in Las Vegas." So, uh, so the friends I went with, the dear friends, who I shall not name them all, and they know who they are. Oh. Uh, we've told that story over and over and over and over and over again do you remember when we met george martin <laughs> so you know the joy of calling ethan and telling him and here he's in the studio with musicians he loves and he just yeah he burst out crying <laughs> wow yeah pretty great that but is who go oh you want me to be to like oh well i kind of did <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah george martin oh my gosh wow what an amazing yeah story. so um thinking about gosh so many I, I i was thinking about ethan's gratitude and generosity and his uh love for family and friends so the he he was always grateful to his dad and to me and to his grandparents and, and friends. And, you know, uh, my fear was when we were all young, all of us coming from big families, it was like, yeah, if, well, if there's one child and everybody's pouring <laughs> presents and everything on one child instead of we all had to share everything with many siblings you know uh i just wanted him i wanted as a mother my son to have an appreciation and gratitude for everything in the world well of course he did it didn't matter 
that <laughs> it didn't matter how many presents you got from aunts and uncles or grandmas and grandpas or his parents or whatever he he was grateful and uh that as you know that continued his his whole life um yep. which then of course he was a generous person as a child as a young man um and uh you know i always thought it was kind of funny with in the big families where there's so many aunts and uncles and cousins at let's say christmas time um as a young man ethan got to the point where he would say um you know your your gift he would say it to everybody but your gift is i bought you um a cow in africa i bought you a, a goat some goats in africa and of course it was that program where you donate money and they you know it buys cows and goats for a village and helps everybody in that village but um that would be Ethan's way and he would say yeah that's your Christmas present is these people got <laughs> cows and goats in Africa um so then the but the greatest story of course which Stefan told is uh 2017-2018 when online Ethan met Edmond a very young man in South Africa who and it was a, a group chat with bass players around the world and he said you know somebody stole my bass and I'm just at a loss because I loved playing I don't have money for another one I played in bands I played in church all that and so Ethan says hey Edmund um let's message each other and uh, I'm going to get you a base in Arizona and we'll get it to you <laughs> in South Africa. And he was like, what? Uh, well, so of course, Ethan did. He got the base and he would, you know, tell at his gigs when the tip jar was out, he told everybody what he was doing. And we all, we, the family chipped in. And then, of course, regular um regulars at his different venues who loved going to hear him play guitar and sing would put extra money in the tip jar for the bass that was going to go to africa and uh he picked it out at his bass place with the guys and they got a special a special packing box they put extra effort in and helped him and so Ethan was, you know, texting Edmond pictures of the base. And, but then to get it, to get the base sure. from Tempe, Arizona to South Africa, that became the big ordeal. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, it took time. It took a lot of time because it was very expensive and they had to look at different ways to do it. So, um, so, finally finally they figured it out and that there were some uh fans who came to gigs who chipped in even more to help ethan uh get it 
get the base to Africa. And, uh, and then the whole story of Edmund had to get, uh, he had to know when it was gonna go to the post office in the town that he had to get a ride to, to pick it up at the right time. So all that took a while and then it happened. And so there were uh, beautiful pictures, which I will share of Edmund smiling with the package and then with the base. And then he took the trip back to his village and showed his family. And then he started playing with it. And he, he couldn't believe that somebody had done this. And everybody was overjoyed. We were overjoyed. Um, so Edmond and Ethan stayed in touch. Um, and I have stayed in touch with him. And he stayed in touch with other people in the family. Uh, but 2018, so he's been playing that bass for over five years wow yeah i remember i remember um stefan sharing that story and i remember thinking about what a beautiful gesture that was on ethan's behalf you know to to help that guy get a bass that's just oh my gosh amazing no well it did change his life and then all the you know his buddies his buddies that he played in bands with or lived in the village, you know, hung out with or went to church with or whatever. They were just like, what? <laughs> this person in Arizona sent this to you? Yeah. So then Ethan had a brilliant idea, which I'm sorry, it never uh, came to fruition, but he had it all planned out how he could write a children's book and his aunt Peggy would illustrate it. And it would be the story of how a base went from Tempe, Arizona to a village in South Africa. Oh, that would have been cool. Oh, he outlined the whole thing. It was a brilliant plan and um, a lot of things came up. And so that, that didn't happen yet, but it's just a beautiful story. And I, I love still communicating with Edmond and, I love seeing the pictures of the base on face on his Facebook page and you know that is super cool. Yeah. Yes, yes. So uh so going from gratitude to generosity um Ethan's Ethan's love which you know all, all the people have done a podcast have talked about uh, but he, you know, he, <laughs> he loved, he loved both his parents. He loved all his aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and cousins and his friends. And then of course his, I still say mu- musician brothers, even though it's musician brothers and sisters, but Ethan's uh, friends who were girls growing up, who were friends, who we've heard about in the podcast, like from Megan, Megan Miller and Shannon, uh, who could talk about there. It, it was not a romantic friendship. It was just pure friendship. And then, of course, all the musician brothers. Um, it's Ethan's great love for his family and the people important to him. And then of course, Stefan 
and Kirsten and Kaylee, but uh, you know, we all we all felt it. And I have to say that uh, you know, it, it's something that uh, his Ethan's dad and I share now with all the aunts and uncles and cousins and friends, uh, which is just a wonderful thing. Um, and yes, that as uh, beloved people have said, that love just grows and grows and grows and grows. But uh, it's just a beautiful thing. And, you know, I just always knew it, always, always knew it. Um, and I would laugh about when Ethan would be very protective of me uh, in life, but especially at all the gigs over the years, at all the different venues, it's like, oh man, nobody, according to him, nobody better bother or mess, he would say, or mess with my mom, meaning he'd be looking to see if was somebody gonna, was some drunk person gonna come bother me at the table? It was, <laughs> very very sweet um so the fun thing was uh being a person watching and enjoying the music at every kind of gig over the years um he, he did always show me with his face while he was playing you know maybe he would tilt his head when he was going to point to some crazy situation that he had told me about before and he's standing up there smiling and playing but you know it was uh uh it was so fun to watch what happened up uh, up on the stage at gigs it was just a lot of fun a whole lot of fun um and so another time i will share some of those bar yeah. stories with the bands <laughs> yeah well you've heard every episode so you've heard me say 30 plus times that i love ethan's stories yes and you know and so, so far for our conversation tonight um i'm not saying much because i am just i'm a sponge soaking you up i just love listening <laughs> to the adventures and the timelines and the insight and um you know and it reminds me of some questions that I have, actually, that I'll get to here in a minute. Okay. Um, but, you know, after talking to so many people, I sort of, in my mind, have put together a timeline of, you know, Ethan as a little dude up until, you know, an adult uh, professional musician playing out in Phoenix and stuff. Yeah. And so listening to what you're talking about tonight helps fill in some of those gaps you know oh yeah that's very interesting yeah. for me okay well if you don't mind i have a couple questions i'd like to ask you maybe okay. few, maybe more than a couple but not not too crazy okay. i won't bombard you with questions but i want to go back to something you were talking about earlier tonight about your your the top three days of your life yeah them being the day ethan was born yes um so and if this is too personal of a question you just let me know Okay. But was it a difficult delivery? Was it a smooth delivery? How how long did it take? How much did it weigh? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you some of it. Okay. Um, because it's not 
just you and me talking. It's right, the right. whole world that hears the podcast. Exactly. Yes. But, um, In a general sense. Yes. So uh, this, the story keeps changing because, uh-huh. uh, as Ethan would say, his father was a great storyteller. So uh, each year on Ethan's birthday, it would be, oh, yeah, it was uh, uh, Ethan's mother had, you know, one hour of labor. Well, you know, it was more than one hour. (laughs) (laughs) And we were very, very young. And, um, and, you know, so, no, it was not long. Uh, My Back in 1974, uh, the the obstetrician was a woman, and she was um, she was tough, and uh, and so yeah, I won't tell you the whole story, but um, it was not that long of a delivery, and uh, but of course the 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 mythology around it because uh, Brad and I took Ethan to Camp Easter Seal on Mingus Mountain, very remote and rustic when he was six days old. I remember you telling me that. (laughs) But see, the story grew, you know, with friends and with with kids at my school who would go up to Mingus Mountain. You know, the story was that Ethan was born on Mingus Mountain. No, he wasn't. He was born at St. Joseph's Hospital in Phoenix, Arizona. But, you know, uh, most people would not take a six-day-old baby to a rustic, rustic place. So, yeah, but it was just very joyful, very joyful. How much did he weigh? Uh, Six and a half pounds. Okay. Or almost seven. Yeah. And he had, you know, he had like black hair. He looked like uh, a Navajo or Mexican baby the second he was born, (laughs) for sure. Uh, Well, yeah. Yeah. I always I always believe firmly that uh, Ethan had a there was some Mexican in his soul for sure. Oh, there's yeah, there's. uh, Yeah. Also on on my father's side, my biological father's side, his mother came from Shreveport, Louisiana. So of course, you know, and I did not know all those families very well for many reasons. But but the other mythology was, you know, like, well, we have slave blood in us because Okay. Yeah. My my biological father's mother came from Louisiana. So, but really, truly, it's who knows, you know, it's right. who knows. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I would imagine that there's some hot sauce in the bloodline there somewhere. Oh, there's you know, hot, there's, that, yeah. It's spicy. There's, it's food, not yeah. all Irish. There's a lot of Irish. There's a lot of other things. Too. Sure. Okay. But it's, well, it is how the stories kept changing and then i would say you know no 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 ethan was not born on a mountain <laughs> he was born people, in would, people would totally believe it though 
<laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Then the other joke that goes with that, which I might as well tell, is okay. E you know, <laughs> uh, Ethan's father being the storyteller and the comedian, he would re <laughs> refer to Ethan as he would say, "My only begotten son," and I would say, "You're not God." He's not Jesus, <laughs> and I'm not the Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> but, it, you know, it went on and on. Sure. Well, thank you for for um, giving us a small window into Ethan, the day Ethan was born. I appreciate it. <laughs> I know it's a personal thing, so. It is, yeah. Yeah, but so I do appreciate you sharing what you did. And before I ask you some of my questions, I... I feel like, and I, I feel like I can tell that you have a lot more things you'd like to share about your son, you know, and yeah. uh, just uh, for the sake of time for, for this last episode here, you know, even though I'm, this is my quote unquote last episode, yes. I want to propose to you, um, maybe in the future, in the near future, we can talk again and give you some time um, to maybe talk talk a little bit more about ethan and some of your memories and experiences with him thank you chris would that because be something you'd be into yes please and thank okay. you and i also it's like giving a gift back to um the people who love him especially uh the bandmates uh mm -hmm. you know and the families and everything sure. so thank you yes um yeah. okay uh, I love, I have loved hearing all the stories and all the podcasts from the, I will say the beloveds, you know, and so, yes, I like to give back my funny, entertaining Ethan story. Okay. So thank so you. Let's, yeah, so let's do yeah. that. And okay. um, your statement is a great segue into my questions as well, because I'm obviously curious. Okay. You know, about your your experience over the past year and a half listening to the podcast and you and i keep in touch regularly and i know that you've heard every episode oh yes you know i always get feedback um from you after every episode so you know and it's and and, and these are questions i've been curious about all along but i've waited until the end okay so that you know we could let you listen to everybody and and um you know, just have your thoughts on, on the podcast in general, but I have some specific questions. So, okay. You know, um, first of all, just in general, what, what has it been like for you listening to people talk about your Ethan for, you know, uh, I think I started in uh, November 22. Yes. We're of 24 right now. So that's about a year and a half. Yes. So it, just in general, what, what kind of experience have you had? Well, it's wonderful, and and as you know, and many people have said, it it connects us all. Mm -hmm. It's it, uh, the joyful, the joyful fun of celebrating how we all feel about Ethan, and uh, everybody's got their own stories of how fun it was to be his friend or to uh play music with him 
or all the things. I, I won't sum up the, the huge impact, uh, but it's, it's such a gift for me and for all of us to be so connected to really remember lots and lots and lots of fun, fun adventures, music, work, gigs. It's so joyful, it's so fun. And I really appreciate being connected to the people who love even. And so the fact that you and I stay in contact, Stefan and I stay in contact, but like to be able to see uh, when Mike Mercier came to Arizona mm -hmm. October, uh, a little over a year ago, and so many people could come. And then we told you about it because you couldn't come. But to, you know, to see some people who are such great people great musicians having so much fun all of us hugging telling ethan's stories and and feeling it all it's just it's just precious to me it's just precious to me and um and so yes he ethan's with me all the time and i love thinking about when he played with tony and when he played with jay and when he i I'm not going to name, you know, 30 people right now, but playing in every band in every, every era of um, all those great gigs. And when you did three Zooms with three bands, mm -hmm. um, I just thought about all the fun times that we all had with each band and with each person. And so you know, when Jay Poole or Tony King or Jay Allen says, yes, uh, we never took, we never took it for granted when we got to play with Ethan. Yeah. Well, we all know what that feels like. Yes. Because I never took it for granted that he was my son or that we got to go to the ocean or I got to go to music or or any of that so i feel like that's true for everybody and uh you know the the other night um end of december when uh the friends were all gathering at the uh dirty yachting scoundrels gig and then taking pictures all together and then sending me the pictures it's just it's so much love and it's so much, the, the joy and the love is bigger than the pain and the missing. So, so then when I know that uh, people who love Ethan and musicians are all at a gig together and then I get to connect with them and we get to connect with you, it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, so, Awesome. I really appreciate all of that. And yeah. yes, and I know how much Ethan loves, loved all his friends and family. So then to get to hear the stories, I, I love waiting each week for the next podcast. <laughs> and I know a whole lot of stories. 
sure. but I didn't know them all. And uh, yeah, it's impossible to get them all out. That's why I brought that idea up earlier. I think it would be yeah. But I mean, I know other people's stories. I I went to I went to as many gigs as I could go to over the years. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, starting in grade school, uh, all through all the bands, and so. Um, I just love, yes, I love hearing everybody's stories and now, what it you, meant. What, did you know every um, guest that I had? Were there any guests that you weren't familiar with or hadn't really, who, who didn't really know very well? Or are you? Well, were, some people I'm I'm really close to, all and uh, and am close to, and we're connecting all the time. There are some people that I haven't seen in years and I, that I didn't know as well, um, but heard, you know, Ethan would say, oh, I had a gig with these friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, for instance, <laughs> the story that um, uh, all the all the friends in the put together band that became a wedding band outside and the police came and Ethan right. played bad yeah. boys, bad boys, what you going to do? <laughs> um, well, so I had heard his story back when that happened. And then to hear all of their, yeah. their stories about that one time, that was just delightful. Sure. Really delightful. Well, speaking so, of stories, I mean, were there any stories you heard or things you that you learned about Ethan that you didn't know yes a lot um like what well okay you know uh well just starting with uh, Shannon Brown's perspective of coming into town and managing downtown Phoenix Copper Blues Mm -hmm. you know that's and then, oh, here's this person, Ethan. That was a uh, that was different. That was different than all the bandmates who right. have been close to him for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And she was speaking. Well, it was just a different point of view. And yes, I hadn't thought about that. About what <laughs> what that would be like. Uh, if you were if you were her and managing managing this whole scene and then you connect with him as a friend and he helps you with the bands coming in that was a different way of of looking at all that and then of course um you know i uh, last week in december i sent to the family chris reedy's text from ethan and ethan's incredible language about what it would mean to uh play new year's eve whiskey row and stay in prescott that's just a precious text and i was so grateful that chris shared that with you and then shared that with me and shared that with us um because it was it was ethan's writing that i hadn't read you know Mm. um so there's there's treasures the whole way for sure and i will go back and start with mike hill and tony king and be so happy to hear each one but uh it 
we're all connected and and thank you for that and then when i get to see people and we will we'll all see more of each other at at gigs this year um it just really really helps it just sh the shared love is very very powerful and it makes you laugh so that pain we all feel when we're alone about you know please visit me in my dreams i'm just thinking about this and now i am listening to your voicemails you know when we're together it's it's shared joyful fun yeah. and then there's the music yeah you know mm -hmm. you know and paul mccartney talks about this he can play with ringo but uh, he tries to think of the fun and the joy with his two brothers that he's not playing with on planet Earth. Uh, right. And yeah, that's why those of us who love music or love to play music, as all you musicians love, you know, it's we we can't live without it. And it yeah. it it just takes us to all the great times in our lives and keeps the the love's alive and the love grows so but it's so it's connected to the friendship and it's connected to the music and wow you the stories in the podcasts are just <laughs> wonderful how about now are there any silly ones that you maybe you kind of got a little red in okay. the face or just shook <laughs> your head or just thought Oh, Ethan, what are you doing? Uh, okay, Dean. <laughs> yeah. Dean Mueller talking about, oh my gosh, leaving in the morning after, you know, everybody's, everybody's uh, stayed up late with Ethan watching movies. Okay. Right. Uh -huh. But I laughed so hard picturing the morning with Dean and Ethan standing outside in Tempe, Arizona, and Ethan saying to him, you can't leave until you say you love me back. Oh, <laughs> I, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh very, very, very hard. Well, the and, one I thought you were going to bring up that Dean okay. talked about is when uh, Todd and Ethan wore the uh, Scottish kilts or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they were jumping oh. up and down with just kind of letting it all hang oh, out <laughs> okay yeah but no that was not news to me <laughs> okay okay <laughs> and uh you know ethan grew up in this house so i this was not a new thing let me put it that way so, i was aware yeah i was aware of that <laughs> so you weren't surprised to hear that um he used to come that that time that he came to watch randy and i play and he was dancing around do you remember Oh That's God! Yeah. <laughs> no, he, I, I, <laughs> Stefan talked about when the um the band went to school wearing the cheerleaders' little uniforms and skirts uh -huh. because right. the girls were going to play football and the band was going to play. Well, they could have put. <laughs> They could have put the little cheerleading skirts on after school, right? Oh, no. They put them on in the morning and wore them all day to school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so no, I was not surprised by some of that. <laughs> okay. And for people who, who don't know what it is that he did uh, that time when Randy and I were playing, you can listen to Randy Kavanaugh's episode if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was one, you know, some of the stories where he would be sillier stuff, I would think, oh, I wonder what Kathleen thinks of that. Or maybe he told her, I don't know. So that's interesting. Uh, well, he told me a lot. And thankfully, right. there's a lot that I did not know at the time that would come out later. <laughs> so, uh, but no, shocking. No, not, none of it shocked me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. So I obviously, without naming anyone, you know yes throughout all of the yes i know you don't like to do that and well i don't want to leave anyone out either. well right yeah well i guess suppose that's what i mean you know yeah but i know every everyone would under understand you know if you, <laughs> if you there's one story or or another one that you liked over uh someone else's but so my question is you know obviously without naming anyone from the podcast what are like uh maybe two or three stories um, that stuck out or stayed with you after listening to the conversations, maybe like your top or they don't even have to be stories necessarily, just insights or yeah. three and things I can't... that you took away from the, the podcast as a whole. Well, there's a whole bunch, so it'll be, it'll be kind of random. Okay. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I do, um, knowing how much I love watching Ethan play and hearing play, hearing him play. Um, I do feel for, uh, I, I feel for the, I'll say the drummers and the singers and guitar players who were the closest or played the most with Ethan for the longest time who are so we all go forward and everybody keeps doing music and everybody keeps doing their jobs but yes of course for um Tony King and Jay Allen and Jay Poole and Todd and and Marty and, and everybody and Dean and all the people who stay in contact with me besides you I go yeah I I'm sending the love right back to you because I know you're playing at all these gigs and I know how much fun it was and how wonderful it was and life-changing it was all the times with him so so there's there's that and that you know that came out and golly uh mike mercier um singing in phoenix uh in october when he came so um so so that that's there throughout all the people you talked to for sure um uh when the podcast started and for instance tony king talked about um when uh ethan would sing to nash you know when they were little it just yes i i think about all the the children that uh ethan has had fun with you know and then of course all the way up 
to Kaylee, who mm-hmm. they just adored each other. So um, I can't believe I'm going to say this like everyone has said it, but I will get back to you <laughs> with uh, more specifics because okay. I. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I was just wondering, uh, you know, maybe the top one or two things that kind of, you know, stuck out for you. Now, do you. Th- now you and Ethan were very close and you knew each other very well and you knew your son very well, but were there any kind of um, like fresh insights or new information that you learned about Ethan at all? Or was it all pretty much, you know? Well, that he, well, even when you said um, that when you told him you didn't really know the Beatles, Mm-hmm. he he firmly and kindly said okay we're gonna start yeah. with we're gonna start with abbey road and we're gonna go song by song right. and i'm gonna i'll teach you uh, not teach you but i will share with you mm-hmm. song by song album by album mm-hmm. what what they have done and what's in there and how great it is and the musicality and the composing and the you know the mixture and uh there's some of those kinds of things where i go oh he he was uh, very determined very determined to share to, to share what he knew musically and what he cared about with his dear people uh so even that story from you about the beatles Mm -hmm. it's like wow or and then matt tinner saying you know ethan goes nope we're gonna play this we're gonna practice this we're gonna learn this we're gonna do it you know um and of course in in this whole family it's often been said enthusiasm humor joy it's very contagious and it's very powerful and we all do that as teachers when you say to or and parents when we say to kids oh yeah honey you can do that here let's start with this well to know that ethan did that musically mm-hmm. you know that's a that's just a wonderful thing and then i have to say when i looked at the amount of his music books I know what music he loved and what he learned and what he could play and what his favorite things were but when I saw the amount of music books that he used over the years maybe with bass students or maybe in gigs or um, special events or weddings or whatever it was like Oh my gosh. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I just assumed, oh yes, if, if he doesn't know every song, he knows how to play every song or gee, it'll be really easy for him to learn every song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but as far as the generosity and the encouragement Chris, I was at so many of those open mic things where I saw him say, yes, come on up. Sure. Come on up. Um, I, 
I love that. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so I loved hearing, yes, I did love hearing all the stories, uh, about that. But I was, I can remember the first time he, I, it was Jay Allen and I go, well, Ethan, who's that? You're bringing that person up. And so then he told me the story of Jay, you know, Mm -hmm. And now I have, to, you know, uh, uh, it's these are all these connections and all these people are just precious to me. So now, did you have any um, family members who may have heard some of the podcast? Have any of them reached out to you? Do they, you know, what are, what's their take on it? I will say friends and family have told me how much they appreciate you how wonderful it is. Um, there are some people who, you know, they, they, for instance, they could hear Jake Batzel's because it was Ethan in grade school and Russia and mm-hmm. high school. And of course, Stephens. Um, I have a lot of family who are, you know, they're, they're raising their families and they're working five days a week. Sure. And and they they're so close to Ethan. <laughs> um, I have to really, really say uh, to some family close to me, I have to say, look, I know you're afraid you're going to cry for <laughs> you're going to cry for an hour, but I'm telling you, you're going to laugh. So here's, you know, you want to just think about Ethan in grade school, in high school, and going to Russia. Listen to this one. You want to, th- but I have many family people close to me who they think the pain will be too big. Um, so they they have said, "Oh no, I am going to listen to it. I just haven't yet." So I just want to tell you that. But and then I have friends who have said, "Oh my gosh, I just listened to that." one podcast that I missed and oh my goodness Chris does such an amazing job and I didn't know that did this this and this I hear those things all the time but I do have people who are close who are busy who go you know I have to have a special alone time if I'm going to Mm -hmm. um remember going to see as is or Delcoa or Capital Down or things that the family used to love to go to do. And they're, they're not ready to open that up. Sure. So I I can understand that. And uh, whereas, you know, you and I, I want to hear everything. I want to hear everything all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's yes. understandable. Yeah. And, you know, um, uh, I mean, the entirety of the podcast will be available for who knows how long oh. the day will oh. come when, you know, even if it's years from now or whatever, anyone wants to go back and listen and remember him or. Oh, so, yes. There's plenty of time. There's, there's no rush for people who aren't quite ready. Oh, yeah. You know, I was I was wondering it's something I was thinking about because when I spoke to um, Derek and Kurt from As Is 
Yes. Um, a thought I had during both of those conversations was that, because I know you know that you know those gentlemen and Alan Dakina and you know all the people that Ethan was because that was his first major band in Phoenix. Oh yeah. So um and and you yourself mentioned earlier about how you would go to the Aziz shows and you know, but when I was, and I'm sure Ethan told you a bunch of a ton of of uh, information during that era. He's probably really excited about it. But when you listen to the Aziz guys, did you hear anything? about that era of his life that you hadn't heard before or were you pretty much no different? i we were all <laughs> no because no there chris there there's a million store as is stories sure. and you know they're they're going to gig in uh in a week i saw on facebook yeah yes that's cool with um, jay jay's band right the uncommon good aren't they performing with yes bill is the uncommon good um i yes they so they they're getting together and they've been gigging all the all the bands are gigging more mm. uh, and i'm saying that uh the bands that don't gig all the time like jay allen's band you know all right. his all <laughs> <laughs> which one all, yeah which one uh. so um so we have people gigging all the time and, and for instance, Bill Dutcher gigs all the time. He's going to play Prescott in a couple of weeks. I will go Ooh. to that. Cool. That's a, yeah. Um, the, the as is stories are, <laughs> they're huge. And there's so many of them I'm, that we could do podcasts just on, okay. on as is. Now, uh, you know, I do, uh, I will send this podcast to alan he enjoys hearing them he's oh, oh he yes he ethan is his little brother and he thinks cool. about him and it commute yes and they i've heard wonderful i've heard wonderful things about alan and ethan's relationship from other people yeah. i've talked to well kathleen i i you've been so generous with your time tonight i mean we've been talking for a long time. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you get back to your evening, but before I do, you know, um, you know, I, I know now that we have plans to get together and cover other things that perhaps yeah. we didn't get to on your list, but before we say goodbye, are there any, any last minute things that you'd yeah. like, maybe one more thing you'd like to say before we say, goodbye? yes. You know? Okay. So, uh, since we'll get to talk about all the great bands another time, because sure. I do, yeah, I do have Nine Ball, Capital Down, Tate, Delcoa. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I mean, yeah, I'd let's like do that. But, let's do that someday. Yep. Yes, but what I would like to say is, uh, Ethan playing the Mim over the years okay. was one of the greatest gifts, and uh, the the super group that was the Tom Petty Wilds Wildflowers tribute band when they played the mim that was one of the wish i could have seen that oh my goodness one of just so joyful and so fantastic so um so uh, the mim being such a great place and a great venue uh, all the shows he played with bill dutcher with jay pool and tony king and then the whole band 
with Jay Allen and Jay Poole and all the other guys in the super group doing Tom Petty. That was a huge, huge thing because it's one of the greatest museums and greatest venues. So I wanted to make sure I said that at this point. That was huge for all of us and we loved it. And uh, and then the other thing, I can't remember if I talked about it when I talked about when he was a little boy, but you know, he always said to me and to his dad, but mostly to me, um, looking at all the people who came from big families and he would try to remind me, but you know, his, <laughs> he said, um, when you're the only child, you have to be the family hero and the black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and he was happy playing all the roles. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good one. Like and that. it was a it was a warning to me also. Sure. Um, yeah, but uh, so in all, so a band is a family. So in all the band families, you know, he was happy to do both. I think. <laughs> um, sure. But yes. Uh, fun love joy humor those are the the main things so thank you so much thank you and you know thank you for even allowing me to document this journey it's one i would have done on my own anyway but i thought uh it would be a good i knew other people would also want to come along with me and um they have and it's been a wonderful experience and you know it's a little melancholy for me because i've enjoyed talking to so many people about them yeah for months and months and it feels like he's sitting next to me in all those conversations oh, yes yes but i like this idea of you and i talking again yeah. yes not having any sort of set schedule and that'll you know that'll be nice to kind of uh do it when we feel like it and um, just right now, for anyone listening, I'd like to open that invitation to anyone else who I've spoken to or haven't spoken to, or I mean, who knows, maybe someone in 2034 will be listening to this and say, oh, I wonder if that Chris guy still wants to talk. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I would, and I would be. So really, it's not a, it's not an end, but um, I just, I thank you for, for letting me do it. And it's been wonderful getting to know you. and. Um, everyone else that I've spoken with and you know you've just offered so much encouragement support and time with this and tonight I mean I appreciate your time so you're welcome and thank you as well and number one thank you for Ethan well my, my complete pleasure es mi placer and the joy of my life so uh and he was going to be shared no matter what but right I'm yeah um thank you chris it's a special thing for you to open up that part of your life to all of us and um that's appreciated before we go i wanted to ask you yes anything you'd like to say to all the guests of the podcast (laughs) over the past year and a half yeah i love you thank you for doing it i i love you i love the stories and i uh, it's just precious and joyful and all the bands have been so much fun and the love keeps growing and i 
just want to see everybody at gigs and but thank you thank you to everybody who did the podcast and puts the love out there and we're we're all connected so okay well that's a good place to put a pin in it for now i think okay okay we'll talk soon thank you chris thank you I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did, and I look forward to talking with Kathleen some more in the future. I'm sure there are a lot more memories that she has to share with us, and I can't wait to hear them. I would like to thank Kathleen and Brad Newman for their support and blessing to create this podcast. Stefan Platamoni for his endless support and encouragement throughout the whole process, and of course, Kirsten Newman for being a part of it and also giving me permission to talk about her husband's life. And thanks to those of you who have come along with me on my journey. At the very beginning of this, I said that I had my own idea of why Ethan was such a special person based on my own personal interaction with him. And I wanted to learn what it was about him that made him so special to others. After talking to so many people about Ethan and hearing their thoughts and stories, I feel that I've accomplished my goal in finding out what made him unique, and it turns out that I've known the answer all along. There were so many similarities and consistencies between our friendship and the relationships he had built with everyone I spoke to. What made him so special to me is the same thing that made him special to everyone. It was his genuine kindness, generosity, humor, wit, and fearlessness, and he is sorely missed by all of us. I would say that the best part of this journey has been that I have felt his presence during this entire pro process, even during breaks in between seasons of the podcast. I've never felt closer to him and who he is, and that has been very helpful in processing my own grief about losing him. When I was thinking about what I would say for this last episode, I realized that up until this point, I haven't said goodbye to Ethan yet. I haven't been able to fully accept that he's gone. And now I see that this podcast was my way of saying goodbye to him. I hope that throughout the years, people will listen to these conversations and remember what a beautiful person he was. I love you, Ethan. And if I had one more day to be with you, I would sit with you on the couch at the Colgate house and watch the Muppets on that crazy old TV you had. Those were my favorite moments with you. I'd like to leave you today with my rendition of a song that Kathleen mentioned the first time we spoke for the podcast. I've listened to it several times since then, and it really is a beautiful song, and I thought I'd try my hand at it. So Kathleen, thanks again for all your support over the past couple of years with the podcast and for allowing me to document so much of your son's life. I hope you enjoy my version of The Circle Game by Joni Mitchell. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you soon. Yesterday a child came out to wander 
sky was full of thunder and tearful at the falling of a star and the seasons they go round and round and the painted ponies go up and down we're captive on the carousel of time we can't return we can only look behind from where we came and go round and round and round in the circle game then the child moved ten times round the season Skated over ten clear frozen streams Words like when you're older must appease him And promises of someday make his dreams And the seasons they go round and round And the painted ponies go up and down We're captive on the carousel of time We can't return, we can only look Behind from where we came And go round and round and round In the circle Sixteen springs and sixteen summers gone now Cartwheels turn to car wheels through the town And they tell him take your time it won't be long now Till you drag your feet to slow the circles down And the seasons they go round and round And the painted ponies go up and down We're captive on the carousel of time We can't return, we can only look from where we came and go round and round and round in the circle game so the years spin by and now the boy is 20 though his dreams have lost some grandeur coming true be new dreams, maybe better dreams, and plenty, before the last revolving year is through, and the seasons, they go round and round, and the painted ponies go up and down, we're captive on the carousel, of time
can't return. We can only look behind from where we came and go round and round and round.